Welcome to the Agree to Disagree show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. Welcome, everybody, to episode 50 of the Agree to Disagree show, where we discuss current events, politics, pop culture, and social issues. I'm your host, Luigi C., as always. And this episode is brought to you by our main sponsor, CigarNights.com, where all your cigar aficionados could get all your cigar accessories. And, of course, Audible.com. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, businesses, and self-development. Sign up now for your free 30-day trial and clicking on the link in the show notes at audibletrial.com at backslash agree to disagree show. So tonight, guys, tonight's guest is um, Raymond Cole, who went from a well-paying corporate career to teaching free diving in Taiwan. And uh, basically, he did everything that uh, a lot of people dream of doing. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this guest. So please, everybody... Welcome, Raymond Cole, to the show. Ray, how's how you doing? Going? Good. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. We're in uh, in the cold, blistering uh, Quebec, Canada weather here. How is it in your neck of the woods? By the way, you just oh, you, you're you're in Taiwan, right? Yes, and Quebec is where all those influencers are coming from to go to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yes. we're partying on the plane and got like uh, arrested eventually. I think. Yeah, are, I just, are, are, are you just came to me. It, it made it made its way, right? It made its way all the way to Taiwan. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Let's yeah, yeah. Well, not a good look. Not a good look. Not not a good look. <laughs> well, no, not a good look at all. And uh, I, I think they're stuck now. I mean, our, uh, I think they're up to the third, third um, airliner that doesn't want to bring them back home. <laughs> so, and wasn't one person actually knew they tested positive and still went on the plane? Are you serious? So I, I just read something like that. So you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Did you? And and also another fascinating one is that the, at one point there's one video of a girl uh, smoking, uh, a woman smoking a um, what do they call a vape? Vape pen. And turns and out, what? turns out she's studying to be an airline yeah. pilot. Idiot. She's uh, and not. Smart. She's done. I'm pretty yeah. much. I pretty much think she's done. Right. Yeah. If there's anywhere that doesn't care about what your race, uh, your sex or your age it's it's airline rules right yeah they, they don't mm -mm. they don't mess around here and what people you know they they've they broke federal rules right because this happened yeah. on an airplane so there's a, a lot that's going to be interesting to see what happens there but uh <laughs> enough of those idiots <laughs> if there's if there's anything if you're going to do anything bad don't ever do it on a plane they do not mess around but but not only that ray is any sensible person incriminate themselves by videotaping this knowing yeah. it's going to go online because they're all influencers and someone's going to obviously press that button and you're basically incriminating yourself. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I know. Well, just <laughs> one good thing about social media that douchebags are totally, uh, you know, are exposed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's or, true. Or that's criminals. Yeah. 
So, so basically, that's a good point, which you just bring up, right? The, the whole thing that what made them famous is not going to, who knows what's going to happen to them now, right? Yeah, they're actually in, in, on the island that I live on, the big feature here are these sea turtles. There's like 800 of them. And the reason why is because they're super protected. They're, you know, like they have um, signs on the beach say, do not touch the turtles. Mm -hmm. Fines of blah, 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 right? Yeah. But in the last two or three years, you've had people posting on their social media. They're not even like influence, right? Um, of them like approaching a turtle and touching it and posting the video on their social media and then they get caught two people so you know i i think honestly um ray is that when 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 a species goes down the the, the shithole if i could use that term sorry about using that term but no um it is is when is when you start to do th I mean endangered species when turtles and I've been around in Florida when they told us I went to a certain place that the the or no I wasn't in Florida I don't recall where it was whereas that you know uh, don't open up your blinds at a certain time because they're mating and the lights disturbs them so uh -huh. my point is like at one point you can't respect nature when the human race has got to the point that mind you we've 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 killed this planet enough already as it is but yeah. when you start to do that it really makes you question um, humanity I don't know about you. And especially you being in such a beautiful, natural... And where are you exactly? Tell, tell the viewers. Uh, it's a small island uh, called Shaolucho on the southwest uh, of Taiwan, the island or okay. the country. <laughs> okay. And how uh, small is the island? It's. Uh, I think you could ride a scooter around in about 20 to 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> and it's a 20-minute ferry ride from the main island. So uh, it, a lot of people... Like uh, Taiwanese, even Taiwanese people have lived there their whole lives, never been to this island, despite it being the most like easiest, or the easiest island to get to of the six outlying islands of Taiwan. So there's okay. like six islands off the main island of Taiwan that has a decent uh, resident population. And so um, this is the easiest to get to. So easy. So, so you're going to, I really want to hear the story how uh, you ended up there, number one. And, and so, so number two is, is, you know what I said before, uh, everyone always dreams about leaving their corporate, you know, career, being stuck in a, in a cubicle in a closed office and, and just leaving and doing what they want in life. And you did it. And I'm, I was so intrigued when I read your story online that I reached out to you. So who is Ray Cole? How, how did Ray, Ray Cole end up in, in a small island off, off, off the... Off the Thai, uh, Taiwan Taiwanese uh, mainland. Tell well, us. I was uh, so I, I, you know, a twenty-year career in finance, uh, mostly between about like eight years, ten years, about ten years each in Hong Kong and and Taipei, Taiwan. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I was up for a job to move to Singapore for a job, and I was just kind of looking at, hey, what's to do in Taiwan in, in Singapore. And then uh, freediving courses came up. And I was like, freediving is something you can learn? Then I remember back, you know, for freediving to me, it, it, there's this film called The Big Blue back in 1987. Yes. Which I think flopped globally, but did very well in France. But uh, yeah, I just, just remembered that. It just seemed like a, a bit of like a cowboy-ish sort of extreme sport. Mm -hmm. And... I didn't think you could learn it, but it has been like the last sort of 10, 15, 15, 20 years. The sport has really uh, started to develop, become more organized, become more structured. 
uh, in terms of how to learn it and learn it safely. And yeah, taking a free dive course is a real thing and that prevents um, unnecessary deaths because there are a lot of dangers in free diving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I didn't get that job in Singapore, but I ended up back in Taipei again for my third stint um, in Taipei uh, working for a bank. And the first thing I did when I got here, I started looking for um, freediving courses and found one. It was actually on this island uh, of Shallow Chill. Okay. And took my freedive course, uh, first one, March 2019, and absolutely fell in love with it. Most- so so, t- so tell us what exactly is freediving. Freediving is uh, diving in the water with uh, just one breath. No scuba tanks, uh, nothing. That's it. Wow. So what are, what are we looking at here in terms of holding in your breath and how long, what type of, what's involved in it? Uh, a free diving? Yeah. Relaxing. That is a key secret to, uh, to free diving is, is to being able to relax. And so in order to hold your breath for longer, in order to dive deeper, you have to um, attain higher levels of relaxation. And that's basically what the store, if you want to encapsulate in one word or one concept is to be, be able to relax. And so sort of, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, sort of like a meditative state in terms of getting prepared in order to do that? Or Absolutely. In a subconscious yeah. level? Absolutely. Uh, you need to reach a bit of a meditative state. And it's actually being in the ocean helps you achieve that meditative state. Um, there's a book called The Blue Mind. And it was using neuroscience to prove what we already knew anecdotally that being in the water is good for you. And he used neuroscience to prove that being in the water is good for your mental health, your physical health. So when you get in the water, your cortisol drops, which is the stress hormone, and your Mm -hmm. brain waves move to more relaxation uh, frequencies, right? Or brain waves. Um, And so I just, just being in the ocean or being near the ocean, I already start to feel so relaxed. Um, so that's like not my normal state now is more relaxed. So when I go to the city, I feel very, very, um, stressed. I can feel the stress right away. Mm-hmm. Whereas that used to be my normal state <laughs> with being in the city. Yes. So, yes. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm so intrigued by this because, um, I know that you mentioned, you, you, you made mention to some studies before, and I know that it's been said that, um, Living close to water improves your mental health. I truly believe in this. That's why I was intrigued again by your story. And I'll tell you my personal story is uh, obviously I live in a, in a metropolitan city, uh, but my parents are originally from Italy in a small in, in Sicily, which is an island in at the southern tip of, of Italy. So I've been there in the past five years. I've been there twice. And it's it's a small town. We have a beach very close to us. And Ray, you know, and I have a very stressful job such as you did prior to that. And we'll get back to that, by the way. And when we go there and I'm at the beach or, or just not being in a big city, but especially at the beach, because, you know, my kids would ask me, say, Daddy, which beach are we going to Because we're surrounded by beaches, right? So I said, well, Daddy's going to take you to a new beach today. So we did like seven beaches in two weeks, right? My wife told me, she says, Luigi... It's 21 years we're married. I have never seen you so relaxed, so um, enjoying every moment. You haven't, since we got here, you haven't stopped smiling. You, 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 it's just, it, she said, it's 
I don't recognize you. It's it's beautiful. It's unbelievable. And I said, and I told her, I said, my, my wife's name is Duchana. I said, Duchana, I'm breathing better. I'm just breathing better. I'm just yeah living. So I always wondered, and and I remember taking that long walk in my my parents' hometown, and you walk and you you walk through the forest, and then you hit the beach and you see the ocean. It's just absolutely stunning, right? I'm sure you can relate. Yeah. And so, what is it? I mean, those to, to go back to those studies, what does it do chemically to the brain? I, I never understood that. Why do we feel that way? What are those? Do you know what those studies? Like what I mean, what, you, I think you are getting some like dopamine and serotonin. Um, also, the uh, exposure to the sun uh, helps regulate your um, circadian rhythm and, and your sleep. That's like one of the things that I did this year or last year that uh, made sure I got in the sun in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that's helped me. I'm like, nearly 50 now so uh, you probably struggle with your sleep you know waking up at 2 30 in the morning on the regular and not getting back to sleep so yeah, yeah. um being in nature being in nature being in a in a city is not natural it's not what we're you know our ancestors were used to not what we're made to do and so it's it's unnatural and getting back to nature i think it's it, being in the um near the ocean or being near the water it's, it's very powerful but also just being in the forest as well Mm-hmm. Um, helps de-stress. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel, I feel you when I went to, uh, there's a small Island called Boracay in Philippines. It's sand mm-hmm. on the beach is rated number one in the world. Wow. And it was a small Island at the time, and there wasn't much to do except to just sit there and enjoy it. <laughs> and I've been to other places like Bali and Phuket in Thailand, where there's like a lot of stuff to do. So you kind of get a little bit FOMO. Yeah. And that's that. In a, you know, of course, you're still a bit relaxed, but you can't just totally detach because you're always thinking about what are we going to do next? What are we going to do next? But yes. Boracay, what are we going to do next? We're going to eat. And we're going to go on the beach. And that was it. And so seven days of that, I I was like in tears. I didn't want to leave the island. Um, so yeah, just like when when you're here, it's just I just feel happier. I haven't felt really sad until we had the lockdown here. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. we, had a lot, we had like a three, four month lockdown. And I, I started to get a little bit depressed and I realized, yeah, that's. Um, yeah, I being, can relate to that. We couldn't yeah. even go in the water. We couldn't even go to the beach. <laughs> um, and so it it, it it plays a big role in my happiness and my mood. So whenever we go to the city, um, we go in the you know, a big city to buy some provisions mm-hmm. or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Well, me and my wife, we come back, we drop off our stuff at home, we get into our swim trunks, go to the beach right away. We just feel all the big cities getting expelling from us. But uh, yeah. it's, I guess to go back to what you said before, I guess it's, you know, the, 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 the primates in us, right? Mm-hmm. The minute that we become so, um, how can I say, um, conditioned to live in these cities but we weren't meant to be this to live like this i guess that's why um when we go by i go back to my home my parents hometown or when i take a hike in the in the forest we have beautiful provincial parks here in quebec um uh, or even in ontario you feel like you're in another world like it it, like the, the rest of the world doesn't belong and once again, maybe you're breathing better, just the breathing and you're just living. You're just living for the moment of going to the water and just relaxing. It's always intrigued me. It's always intrigued me. It really has. And I don't think as as humans, I don't think we give that enough um, importance or um, 
a credit of how yeah. much it could do for our health overall. And I think asthma sufferers are advised to move to near beach towns to, uh, I think they breathe better there. Not 100% sure about that, but I think that's that's something, yeah. Well, you know what? It's funny you mentioned that. My wife, uh, at the time when we went for the first time to, to Sicily, uh, she was uh, diagnosed with an autoimmune issue. And um, so she was being followed by a, neuro, uh, a, neuroscient, a neurosurgeon. And um, basically, she says, listen, I'm planning this trip with the family. We're going to, to Sicily and, and we're going to Italy. And she says, well, go because it's, it could only help. It's only going to help your your mental state. And, and she suffers from asthma on top of that. So, Ray, she, she was there. I don't think she even she touched her pumps, her asthma pumps. She didn't touch her asthma pumps. Even same here with her. I've never seen her just so relaxed. Rely- and I told her, I said, you know, I warned her because I said, this is my parents' hometown. There's not much to do, guy. Uh, I said, Lou, it's very, very tranquil. It's very quiet. It's the beach. Go have a bite to eat, have a coffee, and that's pretty much it. She says, that sounds good to me. Sounds like heaven. And it literally, Ray, was heaven. It's literally heaven yeah. because you wake up in the morning and you decide, okay, kids, we're going, which beach are we doing today? And we spent the entire day there. And that's all we did for three weeks. Yeah. Amazing. I know. <laughs> and yeah. you know something, you know, the there's something called, someone wrote a book called The Paradox of Choice. Okay. And so when we're, we are, um, yeah, in the big city, we, we have endless choices. What do you want to eat? You know? What do you want to do? What do you, which movie theater should we go to? Which movie should we watch? Um, and that sort of, first of all, stresses you out. Having 50 choices for food is stressful, you know? It's true. And uh, on, on a small island, you know, look, three years ago, if you told me I was going to move to an island that didn't have any Mexican food, I'd be, you're crazy. <laughs> I'm not going to go without my Mexican food. Yeah. But you know, there's no Mexican food here. I'm fine with it. Even in fact, yeah. the food isn't the food situation here is getting better. But it's uh, it's it's it, I'm I'm content. I'm super content. Way more content than when I than when I had 50 choices. We pretty much go. I mean, we we cook a lot at home and eat mm-hmm. at home. But when we go out to eat, there's only like three choices that we really go to, and that's awesome. I am not stressed about it. I'm very, very content. That's great. And and I I'm gonna I marked that down already. Uh the paradoxal choice. Paradox of choice. The paradox of choice. Okay. Because like once you make that choice, you wonder, did I make the right choice? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so you're never ever satisfied. No, I think in a consumer world and and the concrete jungles that we live in, you're never satisfied, right? Because like you yeah. said, there's always so much to do. But when you go back to the basic of life and the simplistic life of living in nature and respecting nature, um, you know, I I don't think everyone. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. I don't think. Listen, I'm not naive enough to say that everybody could do it, but I I am intrigued on how did you. First of all, how did you come up to this decision and how did you. You mentioned before you're married. Do you have any children? I have two kids uh, live in Japan right now. Okay. So how did you, how did you make this transition? I mean, what advice could you give some? I, I'm just, I'm curious to see how did you make this transition? Was it simple? Was it? I'm sure it wasn't simple, but was it easy? What? How did you come to this decision? Well, it wasn't. You know, I didn't have like a light bulb moment. It wasn't like a, a, okay. It's just um. So I just got hired back by the same company that laid me off two years prior, mm-hmm. and. 
they I got laid off again for the second time <laughs> in two years. Uh, six months later, right? Okay. And I'm getting that was probably I, I knew in my mind that was probably it for me in, in that in that um industry because they don't have you know 40 plus 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 or nearly 50 um year old traders really they're not looking for that they're looking for younger people um a lot of the technology is requiring less traders um mm. and when i got laid off was about july and that's pretty much the second half um it's not hiring season really it's it's you know you put your feelers out there but people really are looking to hire first quarter second quarter of the year and i knew after my second course and free diving which i took about two months later two months mm-hmm. two three months after my first course um that i wanted to be uh pursue this in a hardcore way and that and that's either be a competitor or be an instructor so i was like all right i'll let's be an instructor and at least i can uh teach and uh, make some money so it does it's not like a money drain as a hobby mm-hmm. so uh, i thought it would take me like another year or two to get to that level but then i got laid off and i was like ah i know exactly what i'm gonna do <laughs> so i researched a couple schools ended up in indonesia two weeks later mm-hmm. uh, for about four or five months just a training and studying to 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 get my instructor certification so. i i find it so fascinating um how you could make that that leap and that that change and so so what you know what advice would you give someone wanting to make a change in their life what could you anybody watching this what could you or listening to this could you say a piece of advice to pursue their dreams or or just a, a change of life because this is a, we're talking about drastic change here we're talking about a, a trader a banker so which we have in common because i've been in finance since i was 19 i'm 46 now and I dream of doing that, Ray. It's just I, I would. I swear to God, I would do it. I, I would. Li- I would pick up and and just move to Sicily and sell freaking coconuts on the on the beach. <laughs> I don't know what I would do, but well, I, I do think, it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah. It's a little bit more complicated than that. But um, what advice would you give anybody? Well, it, you know, this was. I've done a lot of things. It's not like I just. I've just sat in front of the and just worked and not had any hobbies. You know, I, I loved doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, I love cooking. Um, there's a lot of things I love to do. Um, but this one just, it, it just, I loved it so much. I love the way it made me feel. It's just so conducive to my health and mental state that it became so compelling and such an easy choice to, to, to go into it. Um, finances are a little bit different. Uh, you know, I got divorced a couple several years ago and that mm-hmm. that uh that killed me financially and so mm-hmm. everything is great now except for finances just to be clear <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been easy financially but uh um god advice find something you love just keep on doing it until you feel that uh urge that strong urge to to make the change but um i think more on uh, you know i've just been studying um or helping my wife on her channel uh mm-hmm. next one of the episodes or one of the videos we're going to talk about is vagabonding. Okay. And that's like, so vagabonding is basically slow travel. It's not, uh, I think in the previous definition, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's slow travel. It's taking your time. 
I know, you know, having a corporate job, the most you can get away is two or three weeks. And you don't really, you know, feel it, it feels like a vacation rather than a way of life, right? Yeah. And two or three weeks, not enough time. You need a couple of days just to to transition from regular life into vacation mode. And then, yeah, getting Absolutely. to know them. You don't really get to Vegapon, you get to know the place, you get to learn about yourself. Um, and, and that's really almost kind of like a, making the change. It's a bit of a transitory phase, I guess, right? If you can take two or three months off or six months off to see. Um, but one thing I, I realized is that when you're not employed, you don't need as much money. <laughs> when you're, so, you know, like when you're working, it's like, oh, my God, I need 20x of what I actually need, right? Because yeah. when I'm working, I want to... I want to have that. Uh, I don't want to line up to uh, to check into my check into the airplane. I want the you know the priority tags on my luggage. I'm always in a hurry, right? Yes. Um, I don't want to stay at a. At, I I can't compromise on which hotel I'm staying, right? I want to be in a nice hotel. Uh, I gotta not taking public transport. I'm taking Ubers, private cars everywhere, and so mm -hmm. yeah, you don't need that much money. <laughs> you, you need all these other. Uh, accoutrements i guess things like uh ferragamo shoes mm, or yeah. jacket to make you or think that you make your that you think you need to be happy but you don't i don't even care about that stuff anymore right but in the world i used to live in yeah having nice shoes nice suits nice clothes a nice car all these things um used to matter they don't matter anymore they so don't i don't matter. mean you know I don't think they, I don't think they ever did, Ray. And, and there's there's two things. Yeah. Well, there's one thing you said there, is that uh, I when I asked you your piece of advice, and I think anybody could relate to that. It's simple, but it's yet so powerful. It's just find something that you love, right? And and I was telling you off air is you know if I relate it back to myself, and I I've shared this story many times. It's like I love doing this podcast. I I don't get paid for it. I don't make money. Hopefully one day I will. But I do it, and I love it. And I had so many friends at the beginning, and still tell me, you know, uh, why do you do this? Why do you open up yourself to ridicule and 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 hate and this and that? And I'm like, well, guys, it, it just makes me happy. It makes me happy. I love meeting people, and I love meeting. Look, I'm talking to someone in Taiwan, where yeah. it's the next day. It's you know, it's just uh, I just uh, you know, I made a new friend, and I'm gonna learn a different yeah. idea and different culture and different ideas or just whatever. It doesn't matter. So, I think that. And that, and what you said is, is the other thing that really stuck with me is that we don't need these possessions. And I, I feel that, I, I and I honestly really feel this, that coming from the corporate world, and like I said, I started in the bank, I was 19, and I feel that these jobs slowly kill us from the inside. They literally yeah. kill us. They drain our souls, our spirit. And I think the system is set up to do that. And it, 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 it I truly believe that. And yep. um, my work was very soulless uh, yeah. before, before, right? You, it was just literally um, pushing money around the world. Um, and uh, now you're doing my courses to see um, people's joys on their face when they achieve things that they couldn't and see how, when I, um, so I go into the city like Taipei or the, or the big cities here and I'll do, I'll finish their pool session there. So when they come on the Island, they just have to concentrate on the ocean stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can see that when they're in the city, their aura is much different than when they're on the Island. 
Of course. Um, so that's a that's a big contrast. But you know what you need, Luigi? Yeah. You need a tan on that nice Italian skin. <laughs> but Man, you know look at that. That's that's telling the story right there. Well, I I, 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 I totally agree with you, Ray. Well, first of all, I have the, the light shining on me, but yes, I am pale. And I think and my friends always make fun of me because I, I am, like I said, my both my parents are Sicilian descent, and the Sicilians uh in, in Italy are the ones known as the darker skinned ones, right? Because yeah. our ancestors were probably African and uh, uh, Middle Eastern, so we're known as and and all my friends tell me you're the only Sicilian that has pale skin. <laughs> but when I do go to Italy, let me tell you, I get a nice suntan. Cool. Um. So, um, what's you know what what's the what's the one thing you had you wished you had done earlier? at the beginning of your career or do you wish you had done this earlier or is it just really never too late? It's never too late. I'm 50 at the end of this year. So, wow. uh, what, like my daughter, she's like second year in university. And, mm -hmm. you know, I told her, you know, I'm not saying don't get a job. Like, although yeah, don't get a job really, but it's, you're like <laughs> working hard for somebody else. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's like have a job, but have an exit plan, right? Have a have a side hustle or a, a really, really strong a hobby that you're really good at and can make money off of eventually. Um, but uh, you know, my my end game before when I entered the corporate or the finance is like within a year or two, I could see I was making a, a pretty good salary two mm -hmm. years into my career in finance. Something that was really difficult to step away from. Like the salary was even even more than a, than like a, an Ivy school MBA average. Mm -hmm. So it was hard to step away from. No and kidding. so I was like, so you make a contract with yourself. You're like, okay, I'll do this for 20 years. Until I'm 40 then I'm set. And then after that, I'll, uh, then I'll look for what's going to fulfill me. Right. I'll look for a hobby that I'm happy. Uh, that makes me happy or whatnot. And it didn't work out. You know, I got divorced. Mm -hmm. Uh, started a divorce like 12 years ago and that that ruined me financially and so yeah <laughs> well time to rebuild yeah at least i'm happy <laughs> well that's again you bring up a good point right i mean um i find that with the generations that pass and we're very close in age i'm 46 i find that with the generations that pass our you know our fathers wouldn't have thought the way we do right it's not about happiness and and mental yeah mental health and, and being mentally stable and being comfortable in your own skin and happy with your life. Uh, but I find that now this generation has allows us to think the way we are thinking now, questioning life, questioning the, the direction and the motivation in your life. And where do you want to be? And do we always want to be stuck in this rat race of chasing stuff that we don't need just to impress, you know, the famous saying, buying stuff to impress people that we don't even like or don't even care. Yeah. Right. Uh, I forgot who said that. Um, or anyway. don't even know, whatever. Yeah, but um, but it's it's such a great line, right? And it's the truth. So I'm saying is that it, it, this generation that we are now is, I think, is the first, if I could use enlightened one, that's questioning the the, the quality of life. And I'm you know I'm 46 and I'm already saying, okay, do I want to be doing this working till 65 to get my pension? No way, no way. They'll they'll come and have to come and get me yeah. dead. Um, so yeah, the millennial generation is good at questioning the social constructs that we have, like go to university, get a job, have kids, right? 
so many people are like now can like like kids is an optional thing now. Before it wasn't like you know the the people that say yeah I don't want kids, they're out there but they're they're quite rare. Yes, but yeah, it makes it makes it good for an old man with uh, two kids dating younger women that don't <laughs> I mean, you know what. I kids. Well, it's, listen, I think the planet has made enough, you know, we've we've made enough humans yeah. to ruin it as it is. We're already too many. I mean, this COVID's helped to eliminate quite a few, but. Yeah. Um, and I already filled my quota. I had two kids. Yeah, same here. Know, so, yeah, same I, here. Think, uh, going, I think going over two kids is quite arrogant. You're like, you're going over your quota, buddy. Your four <laughs> or five kids is like, I as a human and so awesome with my wife that we're going to make awesome kids. So we're just going to make more that the world yeah. actually needs. So we're going to actually contribute to that global population number, <laughs> which is devastating for our environment because our kids are going to be so awesome. And we're making future <laughs> taxpayers. Yeah. Well, that. Well, well, no, it's, it's, uh, it's true what you're saying. It's true that the social construct, uh, const you know, the constructs that, that already existed, but I like where, where we're heading today because, um, you know, before it's people questioning that, even the way men talk with each other and questioning their mental health and sanity and where where do I stand as a man? Do I have to be this way? Do I have to feel this way? Uh, do I just shut my mouth and forget about my happiness and work until 60, 65 like I'm supposed to do? Um, I think these are all positives that we're able to do this. And if, if, if there's anything from the pandemic uh, that's a positive is that a lot of people are realizing we don't need offices. Yeah. Right? Um, part of the reason why I like living in Asia is that I usually um, live quite close to the office. And I know moving, to, if I were to move to the US, either San Francisco or New York City, that wouldn't have been possible unless no. I wanted to pay like most of my salary uh, for my living situation. And, and because I, that eliminates, I mean, some people with 30 minutes an hour is not a big commute one way for a lot of major cities in the U S right. Mm -hmm. And what a monumental waste of time. So you can just have uh, another hour to a day by working at home. Um, and then, uh, and, and not even just home. Some people can do remotely in South America or Asia. Yeah. Um, and so remote working, uh, is on the car on the table for a lot of people now, uh, because of this. So, and, it was Once already on the rise. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. on the rise prior pre-COVID, and now I'm yeah. just gonna it's just gonna explode, right? Because a lot of companies, like you said, are realizing that. So I think this is gonna change life. I think it's mm -hmm. gonna change life completely, how we work and deal with each other, how we uh live, and, and I'm hoping that it will increase that quality of life for a lot of people because um we weren't headed on a good path, I, I think. Um, so I want to ask you, um, what, what is involved in teaching and, and, uh, coaching or teaching free diving? How do you go about teaching someone how to free dive? So we start off by theory learning. Um, I could do that. I usually do that online an hour and a half to two hours. Mm -hmm. And that's basically teaching a lot of the science, um, behind free diving and why we you do some things uh, a lot of the physiology uh of the body um like why we have the urge to breathe it's not because of lower oxygen it's because the co2 rising um the effects of pressure uh as you dive and and the, what you need to do is you need to 
you know, equalize your ears and your sinuses and your mask, um, how the lungs collapse or shrink as you go deeper. Um, so we learned these things um, in the theory session. And then I take, uh, we do dry skills um, during that session where I teach them how to take that big full breath um, and uh, how to relax the mind uh, when holding your breath. And a lot of people are like, oh, I can't hold my breath for more than 30 seconds. I don't, you know, and, but every, literally every single student, I've been able to coach to a, a minute and a half breath hold pretty easily. So, um, yeah, so you got to learn to hold your breath like before you actually get in the ocean and then start doing it. So mm -hmm. uh, taking the steps. Then we have, you know, a pool session uh, where we learn to hold our breath in the water and also to fin horizontally in the pool so we can work on our fitting technique. Uh, and then we go in the ocean, uh, three sessions um, to learn, you know, to dive to 12 meters and how to safety and buddy. Jeez. How, how okay. And so, uh, like, um, so how many hours are, are involved here totally? Two, three, five, nine, 15 hours. Okay, it's it's quite it's quite um, it's, it, yeah, it's quite extensive as well in terms of of, of coaching on that. What's yeah. what's the longest breath that you've held for yourself? Uh, four minutes. It's requirement for instructor level. Wow. Well, like breath holding, uh, when you get a certain level, like if I, if you told me I, I I'd win a million dollars if uh, if I could hold my breath for five minutes, I'd be able to do that today. It's uh, because when you know my, my first minute and a half to two minutes, it's pretty easy for me. Um, beyond that, it gets very uncomfortable. Okay. And then after that, then it gets painful. And so uh, you need an incentive to get uh, through that discomfort and pain. Okay. And my my incentive was that I become a certified freedive instructor. And so yeah, I just held on. <laughs> That's incredible. I can't even imagine um, the work that goes into that or the feeling that comes along with being able to freedive. So typically how when you freedive and you come back up for air, I mean, how many times do you go in? down and back and and i guess it's endless well on a like on a free dive course if i'm teaching i'll go down and up about 20 25 times at the most okay, okay. Um, but uh if i'm diving for training it's it's about six times okay to make it longer lasting i guess um so those are deeper or dives uh yeah so I, I presume, yeah, the deeper it is, the more difficult it is to hold that breath, right? Or yeah, to, it's to... it's very difficult on your nervous system because when you, um, first of all, when you hold your breath, you're creating a lot of, I guess it's like reactive oxygen species, uh, some byproduct, which are um, metabolic byproduct that's uh, not so great for you. And uh, when you hold your breath and dive, you trigger a response called the mammalian dive reflex. Um, this is a survival response. So if you think about other survival responses like um, fight or flight, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you ever had that triggered like really hard, but you're, you know, you're super aware um, yes. for a while. But after that, you come down and get really tired because it's very difficult in your nervous system. Yeah. Same thing with free diving and the mammalian dive reflex, right? I'll dive six times pretty easy, not pretty easy, but pretty deep. Um and uh, I'm super tired afterwards. <laughs> yeah, no, I usually 
usually take naps after that. So, uh. well, that 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 sounds like uh, s- some really interesting stuff. And uh, I mean, I can't even. Um, I I don't know. I I don't know how long I'd be able to to hold my breath, but I will definitely try that next time. That uh, hopefully when this pandemic is pandemic is over and we're back in Sicily, and I'll find myself a beautiful beach, and I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> Well, I think uh, there's like one of the one of the guys who's producing great content for training is actually mm-hmm. Canadian. Oh, okay. I think he's from Montreal as well. His name is Nathan Vinsky. Wow. Um, and he Montreal. trained and trained in God, what do they call those deep pools and like quarries in okay. Montreal, I think. And I think he had 30 meters of depth that he trained in. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So oh. he's in Dahab, Egypt now, but uh a local Maybe Montrealer. Be. Look at that. That's all the way on the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ray, tell with, us. Uh, with a better tan than you do. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, tell us where um, where everyone could find you on social media for the course or any of your content or or, or if they're interested in any of this. Well, I'm free dive nomad everywhere. Um, okay. YouTube. Uh, websites, uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. TikTok might be freedive underscore nomad. Okay. Um, and I do have a podcast for mm-hmm. total beginners. Uh, it's called the Total Beginner Freedive Podcast. Okay. Um, and you can find that like all the major podcast platforms. But uh, it was something um, when I noticed that a lot of when I wanted something, I thought back when I was starting to learn freediving. There wasn't a lot of great content for like super beginner beginners. Everyone's producing content for the mm-hmm. experienced freedivers. So I wanted to start from like ground zero um, to teach uh, information about freediving. I don't teach you how to freedive because you, it's like I love online learning, but freediving isn't something you can do online and learn about. No, right? no. In, no, in the no. beginning, you need some a coach there, an instructor there mm-hmm. uh, to correct the mistakes that you're making because, yeah, it could it's it's quite dangerous. And, Sort of what just going on on tangent here. One of the misconceptions about freediving is that it's super dangerous, right? And it's not. And I mean, the short spiel here is that it's not if you know what you're doing. It's very dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. And there's some statistic out there that freediving is the second most dangerous sport in the world, next to base jumping, right? <laughs> but would you do base jumping without taking a course or having coaching? Would you just like buy a parachute, jump off a building, and like, no, exactly, bam? Right. So, but freediving is so accessible. There's no barriers um, to getting into the water, holding your breath, and diving. Right. With scuba diving, you have, you know, you got to go to a shop, you got to show your license, you get to rent um, the equipment or, or to, for people to take you out. So um, that way, it's, it, yeah, a lot of people die um, year annually by not uh, taking courses in freediving, holding your breath, and diving. So, yeah, not, if not being properly prepared. Yeah. Yeah, if there's one message I want to um, send out to your audience is that if you want to learn to free dive, take a course 100%. It's totally worth it. And they're usually around 300 to 500 US dollars. And is that worth your life? 300 to 500 dollars? Because definitely people die by uh, uh, inexperienced divers. Definitely. Untrained. So, yeah. yeah. You brought up a great point. You, you know, you're not going to go scuba diving or doing any of these things or jump off a plane without courses. So, why would you free dive without a course? Um, yeah. So, uh, all the show, all the the links to your website and podcast are going to be in the show notes tonight. 
Uh, Ray, I want to thank you. This has been a, a, a very insightful conversation that we had. Um, I appreciate your time. And um, no uh, thank, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, stay on. We'll, we'll chit-chat okay. off air. All right. Wishing everyone a, a great evening. And we will see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Agree to Disagree show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about it. Until next time.